no, you know. And this is why, you know, Father Terry, the husband I'm going to have in my next life, um, you know, he talks about, you know, the two hats, you know, and that, and he talks about, you know, that those of those members who are professionals in, re, in some sort of recovery, you know, that they've got their professional hat on. And so in that way, when they're at work, they're not peers, you know, they're, they're professional and yeah. they have to, you know, so you know, they have to put, so he talks, you know, about AA. So, you know, that when the, when the person is at work, you know, they don't have the, I need help hat on, you know what I mean? They Uh have the, I am the help hat and they, and if, and that the danger that he talked about at his time is people thinking that that counts as a meeting because, They work with, you know, people in recovery all day long. And then he was explaining it doesn't because the person needs to be at a meeting where they are just one among many and their hat is I'm powerless. I need help. You know? Yeah. And, uh, And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. The ABA talks specifically about that, that you can't confuse paid work for your program recovery service work that everyone in recovery in order to keep it you have to give it away right so there needs to be additional service like this the one I was reading she was saying that you know you work all day with people with you know eating disorders and at the end of the day you think I've already given my service I don't have to go to my meeting and that's when they start sliding back into danger of relapse because they're not like you said they're not sitting uh equal to their peers in a meeting right where yeah at the same time oh go ahead oh i listened to an AA talk where he was talking about a fellow who was the founder of cocaine anonymous cocaine anonymous and yeah ca and what happened was exactly that that he felt like he the person couldn't ask for help because he was the founder of the group. Yeah. Um, and he eventually like, it's very sad, like relapsed and died because he couldn't, right. He couldn't ask for help. And so that, yeah, that just being one among, among many um, and not being an authority is, um, is really important. And I've definitely been not, in, not in this fellowship, but I've been in meetings where there's, you know, I, I'm sure we've had this experience where there's someone that acts like an authority yeah. <laughs> on the steps and traditions and all that stuff. And yeah. it's super annoying. So, yeah, yeah. That reminds yeah. me, there was a story. Um, I'm sure this has happened more than once, but I only know of one. His name was Jay and he was a very popular circuit speaker in AA. Same thing. He felt like he couldn't be struggling and he ended so he stopped so again he went into isolation with his feelings because he felt like he couldn't share them and then he ended up going out and dying pretty quickly and uh you know so the importance of being able to take that expert hat off whether it's professional or whether you're you know like you know alice on the region or intergroup or 
you know, leading workshops or whatever, you have to be able to, you know, sit at a meeting and put back on your like, I'm here because I need help. And that doesn't change. You know, you don't you don't graduate and get to a place where you never need that hat. Yeah, I I've experienced that before where I felt like I uh I was expected to know more and you know be strong in my recovery all the time and and not have any problems and yeah especially as you you know the longer you spend in the program with your your abstinence grows and um i mean i've even had this happen with my husband like five years ago i i was having a really really difficult time and i was he was starting to notice and I finally just said, I'm really, really struggling. He's like, still after all this time? And I'm like, Dude, I need to get to a meeting because you don't get it. <laughs> right? Just like, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, once you're in, you're in it. And it's, uh, yeah. And especially when, uh, when I became chair, I just, you know, I just need to not just remind me, but remind other people in the room with me um that i am just one of them right the only the only difference between me and you is maybe i have more time in program than you and that's it and time is not a tool yeah so you know it's not a guarantee it's not anything this is why i like the analogy of surfing like i'm a seasoned surfer but that in no way means that a wave can't wipe me out and that in yeah. no way means that I might not do something stupid and, you know, not check my, you know, I know that when surfers go out, they have to check all their gear, make sure, you know, you catch me if I'm tired, angry, whatever, I might get on that board and not check. And then a wave comes, wipes me out and I almost drown. Like that can happen to any surfer at any point, no matter how long they've been surfing. But over time, you do, if you're paying attention and working a program, you do get to start to understand like the water and the waves and like, oh, the swells and stuff like that. Or yeah. here comes the shark. Or here but comes then, the shark. No matter how long you've been in the water, exactly. you can always see the shark coming. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, so I'm so, disliking this metaphor because my partner and I are going on a surf trip to go. <laughs> Months, but great. <laughs> uh, oh. just, keep, just be aware. Yeah, <laughs> be aware of the way. Yeah. Hey, Alice. Since uh, you read it, and um, Megan, I assume you didn't read the ABA. I don't even uh, think I have you, that book. I do. I didn't even think of it. What did anything about it that was particularly not repetitive? Or redundant? Um, let me see. And for people who don't know, the ABA's Anorexic Bulimic Anonymous, it came, it's come out of Canada and mm -hmm. it was founded by an anorexic um, who was a doctor. And so, and I think, I'm not sure about this, but it was like early 2000s. You know, so again, we've got these programs that, you know, 1930, 1950, 1960, and then ABA, like, 
you know, it's not a very old program. This one's 2002. Okay. Um, so I think it's the first edition. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it talks about the principle of non-professionalism is fundamental to the fellowship survival and the spirit of free service. And um, so I like, I like this one. Uh, the surest means of avoiding this malignant progression, which the in the in the paragraph before she talks about that you work in the profession, and so you think you don't need to work on your own recovery, like you've witnessed it all day. I don't need to go witness some more. So uh, the surest means of avoiding this malignant progression is to pray always for the gift of humility and to nurture this humility by giving freely of of ourselves to others. Doing so keeps the channel within us open to the grace of God and our experience has been that a higher power fills every available space space to the bursting point. This power needs no second invitation. The creator is no miser, never stingy or mean with us creatures. Ask and you will receive. So again, it's like like we were just talking about that no matter how high you rise in the in your level of abstinence or in your level of service, you remain someone who's an addict. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what I do or where I go, I'm still an addict and it's still cunning, baffling, and powerful. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and I need to make sure I do that. You receive an OA is compulsive overeater. Like that's it, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So I have a question for you guys, because I, I can imagine this. I can imagine someone listening and they do spend all day being a therapist or doing social work or whatever. And so they're giving and giving and giving. And we're basically saying the text says uh, that doesn't count. You still need to do service in a way. Mm -hmm. Going to a meeting is service. So there you go. Yeah. Go speaking to meeting. at a meeting is service too. Yeah. 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 Re also, doing a reading. At, doing you a know. reading. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, saying, yes, I'll do the reading. You know, it doesn't have to be that you keep giving more and more and more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I think that's a, a, a principle of service that I don't think is always stressed in the literature is like, you actually have to have the capacity to be able to do that service. Also, you have to be taking care of yourself so that you have the capacity to do the service. Yeah. Um, and if you right. don't have the capacity to do it, that it's not, it's not a service to anybody. Yeah. Right. We do Yeah. what we can, where we can, when we can, is that, that the, yeah. So, and, and, also this idea that service has to be huge, right? You know, some days um, maybe I can't make it to the meeting, but I can do service, not necessarily in a way, but, uh, you know, like I can go on my walk and pick up trash while I'm on my walk. No, I've, I've done something outside of myself to make something else better than it, to leave something better than it was when I saw it. Um, but yeah, I think a big... Um, a big service is showing up at meetings, especially now face-to-face, -face, right? Trying to trying to regrow the fellowship 
where yeah. where we where we show up for each other and just to be a witness to you know what others are going through yeah and going it, up know, and talking but, to a newcomer after a meeting or someone who was struggling that service you know right you know and you have to start from where you are if if all you can do is get yourself to a meeting then that's service but then again if you have the capacity and ability to be a sponsor and you're not doing it well to me that's that's just you're just hurting your own recovery yeah because there's there's an opportunity to grow your own recovery and your own practice by doing that kind of service yeah yeah so uh i think it's interesting that the spiritual principle for this one is fellowship it seems obvious when we talk about it but it's kind of like, when wasn't it fellowship? You mean, when is it not fellowship? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was saying that earlier. I didn't, it was, I was like, hmm, why is I know. it fellowship? I like, yeah, well, isn't it like, it's what we get from not, uh, from a culture of non-professionalism is fellowship, right? It's like oh, the, flip, the flip side of non-professionalism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the Al-Anon says that the best about how we rely on each other. Right. When our share, it says our, our feelings and our. So like being yeah. one among many. Yeah. So keeping ourselves as, as like the highest status is, you know, a member of the fellowship. That's it. And you just right. stay there. Yeah, so it says, we help each other by sharing what we have felt and what we have learned. And and to me that some people, um, I think, are forgetting that very basic way we share, right? Experience, strength, and hope. Yeah. How we felt and what we've learned, what what working the steps has taught us and how we've you know, for me anyway, how my world has grown beyond my wildest dreams, or it used to be this very tiny, tiny little, little existence. And, uh, yeah. and now you're a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> humility, humility. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, just because we have so much time, how about, um, Let's look at some of the questions, uh, see if it prompts anything. Do we sometimes try to fix other people in OA meetings by giving them our expert advice or are we content to share our own experience, strength and hope? I definitely did this for years. And part of it was um, my cape was twitching and I still struggle with this, where if, if someone is struggling, it's really hard for me. I'm much, much better at it to not want to jump in and help them, you know, uh, especially if you're someone that I love. I mean, that is like, I got to make a call or I got to just, you know, remind myself you know, that, um, and it's also, it's, it's tied to some childhood wounding around like me being able to uplift or support you was how I was seen and validated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, 
but all it took was watching someone else do that and getting really super pissed about it. And then anytime anyone does a behavior that I get upset about, I'm like, oh my God. But I've learned that it's right when I'm letting it go, right? So I have hmm. this pattern of, I'm like, I let go of a character defect and then I see it in someone and I get pissed because I get ashamed and embarrassed that I used to act that way and that other people saw it in me the way that I am now seeing it in this person. So I go through this a little period of shame and humiliation, but I'd rather be angry at the person than feel the shame and humiliation. So I have to, mm. you know, kind of do my own step work and go like, okay, I've gotten so quick at it that now I can like, if I haven't, like, I'm like, okay, I know. And now immediately I have to practice or work on forgiving myself for behaving that way. And knowing that I was doing the best that I could and I was doing what had helped me survive. And now I'm ready to let it go, you know, and can I be loving and compassionate towards myself? So definitely, you know, and also I was at a very competitive school um, in uh, elementary school and high school. And so the idea of not having the answer was like, you never, it was so ridiculously competitive. You just, you always had to have the answer. You always had to be an expert. And if you weren't, you had to make people think you were an expert. You know? That sounds like my job now. <laughs> I was actually just thinking that. I was like, sort of like high tech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My job is a tech consultant. Yes, where mm. it's my job to have the answer. You're right. But that's not a 12-step meeting. So, yeah. 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 What, do you, what, do you, what about you guys with that question? I mean... What I will usually, what I do now is I, if someone is sharing about something, especially if it's like outside of OA, but where I know it's like, oh, they could, this book might help them. I will ask like, hey, are you open to like advice or are you open to a book recommendation? Yeah. And usually people say yes. Uh, sometimes they say no, which is fine. And so I try to be mindful of that. Uh, one thing I have noticed that I, I do, or other, I've noticed other people do it too, that sometimes people frame advice as experience. So like, well, in my experience, blah, 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 but it's actually advice about what <laughs> this other person should do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's an ongoing thing because I definitely have that cape twitching stuff as well. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because it's like, um, have you thought about like, I'm like, what? Well, am I trying to give him advice or am I, you know? Um, right. Especially when you're in like a sponsor, sponsee relationship where so much <laughs> the work <laughs> is like, have you thought about reading this book? About I know. I wasn't very nice with Megan. I was like, you will be uh, going into this program and you will be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, th I think that's just like a boundary, right? Like those are the requirements to work with you. And then yeah. if I didn't want to work with you, that's then exactly I right. could have found yeah. somebody else. Uh, like, yeah. And you were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, and to be fair, like, um, you know, to myself and, and to Megan, it's like, I don't know how to separate these things out anymore. So if you're going to work with me, 
I don't know how to isolate OA away from ACA and Al-Anon. So it was kind of, so yeah, I was basically like, here's, here's the deal. Well, if you want what I have, this is how I do it. So yeah. That's, and yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I have about? learned to ask, would you like some feedback? Right. Cause I've had experiences where I've like shared some pretty heavy stuff in a meeting and someone comes right up to me and starts talking to me about it. I'm like, oh, right. Or they're sitting across the table from me and they're speaking directly to me. Yes. About what I just shared. And I'm just like, that's yeah. cross talk. So, yeah. yeah, it's total cross talk. So I, uh, um, so I always ask if people want feedback. Yeah. Um, and if they ask me for feedback, then I, I share instead of saying you need to call this person and ask this specific question and uh, that, that kind of thing, which you know, I have the information. Don't you want it? <laughs> um, um, I'll share. You know, I was in a similar situation. This is what happened to me. Yeah, and I tried, and and especially if I did something that made it worse, I will share that. Right? Yeah. You know. I don't know about you, but you may be thinking maybe this would blah, blah, blah. And like, this is what happened when I did that, you know, that kind of thing. Cause, yeah. cause I think, um, uh, for me, ex that's what experience my, ex sharing my experience, strength and hope is about that. Um, the reason I've gone through these things is to help someone else go through those things right, right? and then the, one of the line in the third step prayer about that that um that my yeah. uh nope. my experience can benefit others right yeah and so but if they say no i don't want any feedback then then maybe i'll give them my number if you know if you want right. to talk to me later about it right but yeah i'm really big on respecting that asking for and you know yeah, I spend a lot of my sessions with my sponsee just saying, I relate. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, I know. Yep, I've been there. Yep, I know what it's like. Yeah. Here's what helped me, or I don't have any, I, I can't help you with <laughs> Right. You know, the other thing, and um, I've gotten a lot better about this, is that if someone poses a, a question or a problem to me, I will say, I don't know what you should do. You know what I mean? Um, I can tell you like what I would do, you know, like how I would work my program around this or how I did work my program around this. But I've just learned over time, like because I've I've actually thought people should do one thing and they didn't. They did something else and it worked out great. So, you know, there's a uh, a line that I love and Stephanie and I talk about it all the time in the uh movie about steve jobs uh you know the work wife says would you like to know how wrong you can be and i love that because the whole movie you're just like oh what a genius steve jobs is and then she he has this resentment about so i don't want to get into it he has a resentment about something that he completely misread and she says would you like to know how wrong you can be and i love that you know what I mean? And so it's like, and most of the time, you know, Stephanie and I will say this to each other around, like if we've 
convinced ourselves that something bad is going to happen or something like it's like would you like to know how wrong you can be or convince ourselves that you know so and so doesn't like us or whatever it is um yeah. so that part that and is like okay I actually don't know what you should do like I genuinely have no idea what you should do you know I can just sort of work with you around what I think you might should do and or like all right well if that were happening to me here's how I would work my program around that yeah and you've also told me there were times when I would specifically ask you for advice and you'd be like I have no experience here you need to call somebody else yeah you would tell me that in yeah. certain situations yeah because I yeah. can't speak to something you know thanks for bringing that up because that is like the fellowship piece again the principle of fellowship is sharing experience strength and hope not what I think that you should do in that kind of situation right or sharing someone else's experience strength and hope I've had right. people try to do that like it wasn't their experience oh I had this sponsee who had this problem who I'm like oh that's that's not your you know my your yeah. story is enough for me I don't need yeah 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 but, but I that, also am like oh I know so and so went through this why don't you call them you know what I mean? And do stuff like that. So again, yeah, definitely experts at our own experience for sure. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's part of the humility part, right? Is that I, I have my experience. Yeah. I have my experiences. I'm not going to pretend I have one that I don't have. Right. But like you said, I, I know someone, but I also make sure I check with that person first because you you know we all have kind of these roller coaster lives. You never know mm -hmm. if the person that the person that can help is in a position to at the time, right? right. So. Yeah. Here's a good one. When we're having the tr when we when we're having trouble with the program, do we try to hide that from those we sponsor or from our OA group because of our pride, shame, or fear? I don't. Mm. Do I hide it? I don't bring don't it up. It. I don't bring it up to my sponsee. You say sponsor or sponsee? Uh, hide it from those we sponsor or oh. from our OA group because of our pride, shame, or fear. Um, so when I'm sponsoring someone, my take on it is that I'm there to be service to them. They're not there to take care of me and my program. And so I don't know if that I'd word the, use the word hide yeah. as much as that I, I am there. Um, my understanding of the, of my role as a sponsor is that I am there to help them along their journey to recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's a, it's about what's going on in their life, what step they're on, that kind of thing. And that's why I have a sponsor so that I can call them and say, you know, whatever's going on or get support or, you know, like have specific, I kind of, I can have specific people who have certain experiences. Like, like I'm, I'm most, most days, <laughs> most days I know exactly what area I need support in. And then I will call that specific person or text the person or, yeah. you know, um, 
to get that specific support because I've been in very slippery situations and called the general person and it, I didn't get what I needed and it took me further toward my disease than, than toward my recovery. So that's kind of, I've learned who my safe people are, I guess. And when I'm in that position, I'm not going to make a cold call. <laughs> yeah, That's not the time for me to be doing yeah. outreach. When I am in a fit spiritual condition, I can do outreach. Yeah. And so. Megan, what about? I don't think I hide from meetings. I think similar thing to Alice. Well, I'm in a meeting with my sponsee, so I am sharing. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not there in my sponsor relationships to like talk about my problems. And I think in general, a way has made me just like a much more honest person about whatever I'm going through. And I actually have to like, remember, like when I'm at work, I am not at work with a bunch of people in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, like, yeah. You yeah. know, not overshare and stuff like that. Yeah. I, uh, I just did a podcast angry at a God I don't believe in. And, um, and one of the things I talked about was, you know, coming up in the rooms that uh, sponsors and speakers just constantly pitched about all the good in their life. So that at 13 years, when shit hit the fan for me, I felt very betrayed. And ever since then, I've been incredibly transparent about, you know, that life keeps going you know, and that you don't, I felt it was in, incredibly false advertising. So I also, and part of it being in the rooms with my sponsees, I'm, I'm very transparent. However, I never go to my sponsees looking for support. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I may like on a text thread say, Hey, you guys, you want to send me some extra love today or something like that. But I don't, I don't do that, but I do share if I'm struggling because I want to make sure that, you know, I, I have this fear of being put on some sort of pedestal and I don't want to be on there. I don't want to be on there. I want, and also I don't want any sort of false advertising to happen. I want people to know, like, you can have 30 years in this program, you know, and still lose your abstinence. You know, there's, it's like, you know, time is not a tool. It's just time. So, um, but I think I do a good job of not, like, I hopefully, I don't know, we can ask Megan, I don't make my sponsee <laughs> feel like they're ever sponsoring me, you know? Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think you do that. To the point where sometimes you'll talk about something in your life and I will have no context for it and no idea what's I'm like, I don't think you told us that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, that's true. I should I probably do do that. Uh let's see. Do we do we make other people responsible for our absence or other aspects of our recovery? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, 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 no. No, I've, I've, I've been on the other end of that where I had a sponsee um, who was, her, her recovery was more important to me than it was to her. 
and I and it and and I was like bending over backwards to try to get her to get it yeah um and I finally had to to move on I just you know I've I had to be honest uh I spoke to you know a few people who I trusted and and it was affecting my own recovery and I'm like mm-hmm. that has to be you know what trying to figure out where that boundary was yeah. right because um I've been in a desperately blind situation you know as far as my disease not yeah. realizing thinking that I'm making progress and actually I'm I'm falling into the pit kind of thing and um and so I was through that experience I now know that if if the relationship is is affecting my own sobriety then it that i can't it can't be me it's got to be somebody else so, right yeah well, that's a tough one it still affects me when i hear her on a meeting just yeah wow yeah, yeah i think i've i've had the the same reversal situation happen where i had a sponsee who was sort of like newly absent and doing pretty well in their OA program, but they were acting out in another addiction actively. And it was triggering me. And I, and like, she was sort of like circling the bottom with it, but not there yet. And she would go through sort of phases of willingness about going to this other program um, or not. And it was actually, it was like very interesting to witness someone because <laughs> we would like have conversations about it and she would seem like, okay, I'm going to go to a meeting. And then it would, we'd talk the next week and she would like completely, it would have like fall out of her brain that we talked about it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and just, and I guess I, I had a part of what was triggering about it was that I started to feel responsible for an addiction that I didn't identify with. And I actually didn't know how to help her with it. And I, I also had to let her go because it was too, it was too hard uh, and too triggering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I've definitely, again, cape twitching. I've definitely had my times of falling into the hubris of thinking that I'm the sponsor that's gonna save you. Save them. Yeah. I'm the one like okay, you the reason why you haven't gotten abstinence is because you haven't found that right sponsor. That's I'm that sponsor, you know, and not recognizing how it's the yes, it's arrogant, but that's not the point. Not recognizing how um I, I have put my whole self-esteem into their recovery, you know, that I've Mm -hmm. set myself up. So then I become even more desperate to save them, you know, uh, because now I feel like I can't fail. Hmm. And having to go through that experience really early on in the beginning. Yeah. And that would probably be defined as like the Allen disease, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as long as we're going to bring that up um, and, you know, I know we got to wrap soon. So, 
and I know at least one of you can relate to this. So my mom had an eating disorder. She was an exercise bulimic and she was dependent on me. And so saving her, here's part of my Al-Anon is like, if I could save her, then she would show up and be the mom that I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's, that pattern set and my mother was a cheerleader you know and she's very beautiful when she was younger and blah 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 so the idea of these especially like i've sponsored models like these beautiful women coming in that are bulimic and it's like okay i'm gonna save you so it took me a long time to realize that um in, like I saw it in other things, but to see it in my sponsoring took a long, a much longer time. And to realize that it's like, I'm caught up. It's almost like women who love too much. You know, that book where it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to act out my daddy issues with my, in my dating scenario. I was acting out my mom issues in recovery. Like I'm going to make this woman show up and be the woman she can be and somehow that's gonna so I I've gotten a lot better like way better and so now when my cape is twitching especially if it's about a woman Hmm. I'll think about that like I'll think about like my pattern with my mom and is this connected in any way and almost always it is in some way And that helps me to recognize like, this is a very, very old cape that's twitching and I need to not act on it. I don't know if that made sense, so. Yeah, that's, yeah, totally does. It's probably a good place to wrap it. Yeah, so any uh, closing comments on uh, Tradition 8? a good tradition follow it (laughs) that's right there's and there there are no experts in the program only don't make anyone an expert in your mind only fellow sufferers yeah yeah don't put people on pedestals so megan anything from you i think just the the humility and the like it's actually, if I start going to meetings and feeling like I can't fall apart at that meeting, then there's something Yeah, I need to fix something about my, my recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank yeah. you guys. Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back for tradition nine. <laughs>